The Koffler Gallery is proud to present the world premiere of a heart-wrenching and fascinating exhibition, The Synagogue at Babinyar, Turning the Nightmares of Evil into a Shared Dream of Good. Opening on the eve of Yom HaShoah, April 17th, and running until November, the multidisciplinary exhibition tells the bittersweet story of the Babinyar Synagogue, which stands on the grounds of the first large-scale massacre of the Holocaust in 1941. Experience the full historical, political, artistic, and spiritual context of this incredible monument for the first time. The exhibition is free of charge. To learn more, visit KofflerArts.org. That's what it sounded like in an Instagram video that horrified the Montreal Jewish community last week. The music's in Arabic, and it starts with the words, I am not afraid of the Yehudis or the Jews. If you haven't seen the video, it also shows two teenage boys, one wears a keffiyeh or Arab headdress, stealing a handful of large Israeli flags off the outside of the Hebrew Foundation Day School in Dollar Desormo on Wednesday, just as Jews in that city and around the world were marking Israel's 75th anniversary. The two teens then showed a pile of Israeli flags burning at their feet. Everybody at the school had already gone home for the day, so no one was hurt, but the brazen gesture put on social media deeply upset the school and the city's Jewish leaders because they see it as a deliberate hate crime. Montreal police have since made one arrest, a 16-year-old boy who will be charged with mischief, arson, and theft, and they're still looking for the other kid. By the way, burning a flag is not against the law in Canada. It's considered a form of free expression. According to B'nai Bris, latest annual audit of Jew hatred, there were 2,769 anti-Semitism incidents last year, the second highest number since the organization started keeping records over 40 years ago. It shows violent attacks against Jewish people in Canada have dropped a lot to about 25 last year from the 75 the year before, but they feel that's 25 too many. And while Canada hasn't, thank God, had cases like the Tree of Life synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh four years ago, or the bombing of a synagogue in Paris back in the 80s, for which an Ottawa University professor was just convicted, the threat is always there. The nature of hate has moved from throwing rocks through windows and that sort of thing to online hate. The haters are Anonymous, they reach a far larger audience. They're able to more quickly spread disinformation and misinformation and rile up uh, you know, individuals who might be set off to do acts of violence, vandalism, and harassment against Jewish people. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, May the 1st, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. <music> Now, today is May 1st, and it's the start of Jewish Heritage Month, which is a period officially recognized by an act of parliament four years ago. It's also the CJN Daily's two-year anniversary today. And as we've done since we launched, we tell you stories about Canada's Jewish heritage. So we'll start by taking a look at how safe Jews are living in Canada. B'nai B'rith released its annual anti-Semitism report on April the 17th, and we wondered why the numbers seemed so high. And the numbers are so different than the Canadian government's own data on police-reported hate crimes against Jews, which accounted for a fraction of that number. 
It's also way higher than in France and even more than in the United States in 2021, although their Jewish population is about 17 times bigger than Canada's. It's very confusing. So the CJN Daily asked B'nai B'rith's director of the League for Human Rights, Marvin Rotrand, to help explain the numbers. He joined me from Montreal. Okay, I want to talk to you about the data, the report that came out just after Pesach right before last week. Can you talk about how most of the uh, reported cases get to your attention? Well, we get our data in numerous different ways, and it's evolved over the years, just as the type of hate aimed at the Jewish communities evolved as well. B'nai B'rith actually began auditing in 1982. That makes this our 41st edition of the audit. Back then, you basically had to call us on landline or come to our offices. We did have some uh, contacts with police departments. But over the years, uh, the nature of hate has begun to change in Canada. Far more of it's online than it ever was before. There's far less in-person harassment than there was before. And there's a multitude of ways to contact B'nai B'rit to get us the information. First of all, we now have solid relationships that are ongoing year-round with police departments across Canada. We actually get data from almost 100 police departments. That includes at the federal level, at the RCMP, the provincial police in Quebec and Ontario, and every major municipal police force. Is that your major source? Or you mentioned the hotline, you mentioned other things. We have an app that is more and more used. People send us information on the app. We still have the hotline, which is less and less used, but we do get a lot of information that way. As well, we have dedicated teams in B'nai B'rith. We have a whole advocacy department that does exactly nothing else, essentially, but look up newspapers, public records, online to capture what we determine as anti-Semitic. And that includes taking the screenshots, doing the back-end study on it, following the threads backwards so that we can say this really is an anti-Semitic incident. Uh, If we're not sure, if it appears anti-Semitic, if it's offensive and people are offended, we follow up. We don't necessarily uh, log it. We always say our audit is an undercount, undercount for a number of reasons. One, we don't capture everything. Some things go by and nobody notices it or sees it as anti-Semitic. Other times, we just don't have the absolute 100% confidence that it was an anti-Semitic incident. And so we err on the side of caution. Um, And uh, sometimes police departments give us data that we just can't independently Verify. They may have logged it, but our back-end check doesn't necessarily come to the same conclusion. That's really rare, but we do do that sometimes as well. So in 2022, we confidently put forward there were 2,769 incidents of anti-Semitic um, hate aimed at Jews in Canada. The bulk of that was online, but a large chunk of it was vandalism. There were 404 incidents of vandalism. That's a significant increase over 2021 and a significant increase over our historic numbers. There are a lot of cases of swastikas on synagogues or on other Jewish buildings. Uh, We had a spate uh, in the uh, Kitchener-Waterloo-Guelph area in the summer where there were seven incidents in only a couple of weeks. Um, That's continued into 2023, unfortunately. We've had synagogues that have been targeted for hate symbols and swastikas in particular. 
we also recorded fewer violent incidents than we did in 2021, but there were still 25, and that's worrisome. I, I don't understand, and maybe you can explain it to me, because when you your numbers came out around a little bit after ADLs and the Tel Aviv University's numbers came out about worldwide anti-Semitism. So their numbers are different, and they're also different than the Statistics Canada police reported hate crimes, which are a fraction of that. I'm just going to run down. I'm just going to run down so our audience knows what I'm talking about. So, for example, in the U.S. in 2022, the ADL had 3,697, up from 2721 in 2021. France, with a population of a little more than Canada, 44, 440,000 Jews, had only 436 incidents mm -hmm. last year, and England had 2255 last mm -hmm. year and this year it's 1600 so how do you count compared to them and why is statistics canada saying for three years jews only had uh, hatred against jews in canada police reported was 179 cases it was 56 percent of all hate uh of police reported hate crimes against a religious minority i believe so your your, your question is a fair one because we have to compare apples because we're we're counting different things. We have to compare apples to apples and not necessarily apples to oranges. Let's start off with Statistics Canada. They don't report every incident of hate. They report police reported hate crimes. In other words, if somebody put a swastika on your building, it may not be logged as a hate crime under the criminal code. So there's gonna be a far smaller number than that. Under the criminal code, Certain offensive speech, which might be deemed to be hate, is not deemed to be a hate crime. And that's the difference between Statistics Canada and us as well. Um, ADL is a different metric. Uh, it doesn't count certain things online that we do. Something that contravenes the IRA definition would probably fall into a category of a verifiable anti-Semitic incidents for B'nai B'rith. I'm not sure it would uh, for ADL. The thing that's most noticeable, there are two things that are noticeable. In 2012, we recorded only 1,365 anti-Semitic incidents. So in 10 years, up to 2022, there was a 106% increase. By any definition, that's a major increase of over 10% a year, cumulatively 106%. Regardless of what metric the ADL uses, they too have been noticing a major increase. Their uh, last numbers, showed an increase of 33% year over year. And that's uh, pretty scary. So so the thing that your listeners are, need to know is not whether our definition and that used in France is necessarily different, but whether our definitions, which have been consistent, are showing an increase in anti-Semitism. And while some people said, well, good news, it went down 1.1% this year, we're not seeing that as good news. A lot of it, let me just interrupt you there, because you mentioned that earlier that 70, or the report mentions that 75% of it is online. Graffiti mm -hmm. is up a bit, of course, a lot, actually. A lot. Uh, vandalism. But in terms of how dangerous it is for Canadians on Jew in Jewish Heritage Month, if it's some random troll that's, or even Leith Maroof, where there's not randomness, but you have to see who is saying it on, on social media, saying George Soros is, you know, or whatever, who cares? It's You should care. The online hate can often be the catalyst for violent incidents. Has been in the United States. It has been in Europe. 
it could be here as well. What do we need? Uh, somebody to attack the Shar HaShemayim synagogue and try to burn it down because he saw things on, online, as happened in uh, January of 2021. We were fortunate that there was nothing worse that came out of that incident. The uh, security uh, subdued the person and had him arrested. It doesn't take much to set off someone. It could be a much worse incident. And of course, a lot of this online hate promotes violence against you. So we have to take it very, very seriously. There's no reason we can say it's blowing off steam. It's okay. Let's just ignore it. We cannot ignore it because we never know where it could lead. Okay. Now you have had some successes. Just recently, we're talking days after the arrest of a man in Montreal who targeted Orthodox people couple of charges uh, and convictions in Montreal for two guys who drove around during the pandemic looking for Jews. How much of the work that B'nai B'rith does with police forces is now sort of paying off? And the, wow. in Ottawa, for example, with the school board that they mm -hmm. charged a kid for doing a Heil Hitler salute in, in one of the high schools. Well, I would like to think that our work is actually very fundamental in changing attitudes and improving knowledge about what is anti-Semitism. We might be talking on this uh, podcast about the large number of anti-Semitic incidents and how shocking it is and how much we need to do. But it surprises me all the time that people I deal with in positions of authority, including in law enforcement, don't recognize anti-Semitism. We had a case recently of a police department that wasn't treating a swastika on a synagogue as a hate crime. They weren't convinced it was. They didn't actually know what a hate crime was. It hadn't happened in their community before. We need tools in place that aid decision makers, civil servants, and police officers to better recognize and react to anti-Semitism. And as such, one of the main tools that B'nai uh, promotes is the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism. And we were quite successful in 2022. Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and New Brunswick all adopted the IRA definition, joining Ontario. So we now have five provinces and the federal government that have uh, adopted IRA. And Going Quebec, that, doesn't Quebec have it? Doesn't Quebec? There is a Jewish organization that puts out that Quebec and British Columbia have adopted IRA. Neither has adopted IRA. I know BC has not. They're just asking for data to do and, their And Quebec has not either. An, an effort uh, by the government in the National Assembly to adopt IRA required unanimous consent. And the Quebec Solidaire Party, uh, which has a number of members who seem to be very anti-Israel, pro-BDS, all this, refused to give their consent. It was never adopted. What happened in Quebec was the minister at the time, Benoit Charette, just got up in members' period where he gave a one-minute statement saying the government supports IRA. That's not adopting IRA. It's not been implemented and it's not being used. For us, what's important is stage one, formally adopting IRA, going to stage two, training the people who have to use IRA as to what it is and to get it to be implemented right across the whole of government. The government of Canada has said the right things. I mean, it's put IRA into the uh, Canada's anti-racist strategy, uh, strategy, which is being renewed right now for another five years. They put $85 million into it. Mm -hmm. into it. But now we're at the point where we actually have to go to the people who work for the government and actually train them as to what it actually means. Uh, IRA is a benchmark. Uh, it's not legally binding, but it really helps you recognize what what anti-Semitism really is, to, um, you know, uh, uh, demonize and delegitimize Israel, to 
uh, try to, uh, you know, fight the, uh, to say that the Jewish people don't have the right of self-determination uh, is anti-Semitism. But to say the government of Israel uh, is not very good or I oppose it on this grounds or that's something I wouldn't vote for or that's something I, you know, I wouldn't agree with, that's fine. Now, the government of Canada is moving towards implementation, but the provinces are lagging behind. Ontario's beginning to do it because it's the first province that adopted IRA. And in Ontario, we see a paradox. As we begin to train people to better recognize anti-Semitism, the number of anti-Semitic incidents goes up. The question is, what were they really before as low as they were, or are the people who log this better able to recognize anti-Semitism and are doing a better job recording it? Uh, the conventional wisdom is when you adopt IRA, anti-Semitic incidents go up before they go down because the civil service knows how to log it but doesn't know how to react to it yet. And that changes over the course of a number of years. When people adopt IRA and then you have this big number, the community doesn't know how to understand that. First of all, there are people who are detractors, people who don't believe anti-Semitism exists, people who are anti-Israel, who like to pretend that um, calling for the destruction of Israel isn't anti-Semitic in any sort of way. Uh, and they will claim that well, IRA is controversial and the number of anti-Semitic incidents, well, it's, it's not true, it's, it's exaggerated. I'm sorry, those people do not represent the Jewish community. They do not represent the Canadian mainstream. They do not represent the objective data that's out there. They have a political agenda. They represent a particular view. Um, Montezuma and Abrith have a political agenda too. In other words, I mean, some people might say it behooves you to have big numbers because then you can say, hey, and then it helps you to get their attention every year. We would like to have lower numbers. We'd be far happier. Our numbers are accurate and verifiable. And as such, uh, we stand by them. We use different metrics than others, but when ADL ha tells you they had 33% increase in one year. I think that tells you something. Our colleagues in Britain said they had the same thing in 2021. It was a record year for them. The Jewish community in South Africa said they were overwhelmed in anti-Semitic incidents in 2021. I haven't seen their 2022 report, but I suspect we're all tracking the same type of curve. And a lot of that, again, is driven online. And what it shows is the need for robust legislation that will allow laws to catch up with technology so that we will be able to um, have the platforms enforce their own standards of contact, uh, conduct, which they don't right now, which will give algorithmic uh, transparency so we'll know what, what's being pushed on, online by, by the algorithm itself. Some people might say it's Jewish Heritage Month. We're going to end off in this. It's Jewish Heritage Month. We want to celebrate our, our, our culture. We want to celebrate being Jewish and not let anti-Semitism statistics and who hates us define what Judaism is. I'm sure you've heard that argument before. I think we all have pride in our heritage. And I think we all are happy that Jewish Heritage Month is having a higher profile than it has had in, in the past. In 2022, B'nai B'rith made the, a campaign to uh, highlight Jewish Heritage Month because we said very little had been done since 2018 when uh, Parliament adopted Jewish Heritage Month, unlike some of the other heritage months in Canada where different ethnic and racial and religious minorities are celebrating their heritage uh, vigorously. As Jews, we did little. So in 2022, B'nai B'rith 
asked municipalities and provinces to do something. We had 42 partners. Very happy. There was a debate at Montreal and Toronto Council on Jewish Heritage Month. There were proclamations from cities right across Canada. But this year is going to be far more robust. We're still not at the level we would like to see. But in a couple of days from now, uh, B'nai B'rith is going to be outlining the work that it's done to uh, promote Jewish Heritage Month. I think the community will be proud about the number of new partners we have and the number of high-profile Canadians who come forward to say no to anti-Semitism and to recognize the contributions that Jews have made to the well-being and success of Canada. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this 380th episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you want to read the B'nai B'rith audit for 2022, we've put the link to it in our show notes. And we'll end the show with another story about Israeli flags, but this one's a good one. Here's a bit of what it sounded like last week when the Jewish community in Ottawa gathered outside their city hall to mark Israel's 75th, including raising the Israeli flag with the mayor, Mark Sutcliffe, and members of parliament. Thanks for listening to the CJN Daily, and special thanks to Lisa Levitan and Pauline Colwyn for the Ottawa Audio. We're fortunate to have a very strong and dynamic Jewish community in Ottawa. It is such a big part of Ottawa's story, of Ottawa's history. There are so many leaders in in our community who are members of the Jewish community as well. We are grateful for their leadership, not just of the Jewish community, but of the entire city of Ottawa. And so I wish you all the very best as we celebrate this very special occasion. And to our friends in Israel, uh, congratulations. Uh, You continue to have our love and support as uh, we move forward as a community, and uh, we're all honored to be part of this very special occasion. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much. UJA's Walk with Israel is happening this Victoria Day, Monday, May 22nd. Join thousands of community members for the world's largest Israel Solidarity Walk, followed by an epic Israeli-themed beach party to celebrate Israel's 75th birthday. Get all the details by visiting walkwithisrael.com. This is our moment to unite as one strong and proud Jewish community, religious and secular, left and right, Jews and allies. Everyone belongs at the Walk with Israel. Register before May 19th, and if you use the promo code CJN, you can save 10% on all Walk Bundle packages. To register, visit walkwithisrael.com.